98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines, Hong Kong's only delegate to the country's top legislature, Tam Yu Chung, says the anti-China forces referred to yesterday by a senior Beijing official aren't dissidents in general. A Green Group has urged the government to map out a timetable to regulate disposable utensils and much of Western Europe continues to swelter under an intense heatwave. Parts of northern Spain have registered temperatures of 43 degrees. Hong Kong's only delegate to the country's top legislature, Tam Yi Chung, says the anti-China forces referred to yesterday by a senior Beijing official aren't dissidents in general. The Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office Director, Jia Baolong, had commented that everyone in the two SARs had to be vigilant against anti-China forces who should be left with no room to operate in. Mr Tam was speaking on RTHK. I want to say anti-China forces are not generally about those who hold a different opinion. Those people are not a problem. President Xi Jinping has also said he doesn't care what you believe in. So long as you agree with the main principles, you agree with the basic law, you abide by the law, we will accept you and seek to unite you. But if you're anti-China and may even be backed by American and Western forces and you come out and do damage, that's not acceptable. Mr Tam also said Mr Jia was clear about the continued relevance of the one country, two systems principle. He added that there had been times in past years that Hong Kong had taken the wrong path. Executive Council convener Regina Epp agreed that Mr Jia was not referring to people who have different political views, but those who collude with foreign forces. She said such collusion was a definite no-no because of the current geopolitical situation China faces. She said the US was targeting China and roping in allies to do the same, meaning that China must stay vigilant. The Green Group has urged the government to map out a timetable to regulate disposable utensils. Greenpeace surveyed more than a 1,000 people and found that 37% bought takeaway coffee, consuming on average three cups per week. It estimated that 400 million coffee cups are disposed of in a year. Leanne Tam is a campaigner for the group. The government should regulate all takeaway plastic disposable tableware in 2025. At the same time, they should have a timetable and planning on how to develop the reusable system. It's like the borrow and return system of some returnable cups or food containers because we can see that it's a real solution to solve the disposable category problem but not shifting those materials from plastic to paper or bamboo. Police are investigating a fatal traffic accident in Wong Tai Sin yesterday afternoon. A 48-year-old man died after he reportedly lost control and his car hit another vehicle in Tate's Cairn Tunnel, heading towards Sha Tin. The other driver was sent to Prince of Wales Hospital with neck and waist injuries. Overseas, jury selection has started in the trial of Steve Bannon, a former close aide to Donald Trump, who faces charges of criminal contempt of Congress for refusing to cooperate with the investigation into the Capitol building insurrection in January last year. The BBC's Nomia Iqbal reports from Washington. The committee wanted him to turn over documents and testify about the riots, which he refused, saying he was protected by executive privilege because of his time in the White House. But this was rejected, as Mr Bannon was long gone by the time the riots happened. But he has remained very close with Mr Trump. And a day before the riots, he said on his podcast, 
all hell would break loose tomorrow. After rejecting the subpoena, the committee turned him over to the Justice Department last year. Mr Bannon has pleaded not guilty and his trial is expected to last for a week. If convicted, he could face between 30 days to a year in jail. The sentencing trial has begun for the man who killed 17 people at a Florida high school on Valentine's Day in 2018. This is the deadliest US mass shooting to go before a jury. Nicholas Cruz has already pleaded guilty. Jurors will decide whether he gets the death penalty or life in prison without parole. The BBC's Barbara Plett Usher reports. The prosecutor opened the trial by recounting in excruciating detail what he called a cold, calculated massacre. He named each of the victims and emphasized the times Nicholas Cruz turned back and again shot those he'd already hit, a factor that could help make the case for the death penalty. Family members in the courtroom clasped hands and wept as he spoke. The defense chose not to deliver its opening statement yet. It's expected to argue that Mr. Cruz has long suffered from emotional and psychological problems and should therefore be spared execution. The trial could take several months. Germany's government has indicated it may keep the country's three remaining nuclear power plants running beyond the end of the year when they're due to close. It comes amid fears over the continued supply of Russian gas. Germany has been phasing out nuclear power under a policy introduced in the wake of the Fukushima disaster in Japan more than a decade ago. European Union member states have agreed to open long-delayed accession talks with Albania and North Macedonia. Parliament in North Macedonia voted at the weekend in favour of a deal under which Bulgaria agreed to lift its long-standing veto of North Macedonia's membership in return for Bulgarians being recognised as an official minority group. It was also agreed that Macedonian would become an official EU language. Much of Western Europe is continuing to swelter under an intense heatwave. In southwest France, firefighters in the Gironde region are battling to control wildfires which have been spreading along the Atlantic coast. More than 30,000 people have so far been evacuated from areas near Bordeaux and large areas of forest have been destroyed. The BBC's Lucy Williamson reports. Temperatures that hovered around 40 degrees yesterday are predicted to drop today, but that may not bring immediate relief. Firefighters are tackling blazes in two key areas to the south of Bordeaux. Tens of thousands of people have been evacuated from villages near the fires and 16,000 hectares of forest destroyed, some of it by fire crews who were trying to stop the fires spreading by raising areas of forest in their path. Britain could see its hottest day ever today with forecasters, forecasters predicting that temperatures could rise beyond 40 degrees Celsius. German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbock has highlighted the importance of staying focused on climate issues. Ms Baerbock called for a, a global resolve to tackle climate change problems at the 12th Petersburg Climate Change Conference in Berlin. She added that the war in Ukraine was making the global energy crisis worse. Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine is exacerbating a global energy and food crisis that is pushing millions into poverty, hunger and starvation. And while we are still grappling with the fallout from the pandemic, the impacts of climate change are becoming even more dangerous across the world. 
Authorities in the southern Ukrainian city of Mykolaiv have said Russian forces have attacked it with cluster bombs, injuring at least two people on Monday. Russia said that its defence minister, Sergei Shoigu, had ordered his generals to concentrate on destroying Ukraine's long-range missiles and artillery, which had been supplied by Western countries. An Australian government report says the country has lost more mammal species than any other continent and has one of the worst rates of species decline among the world's richest countries. The BBC's Elsa Orkney reports. The five-yearly State of the Environment report says unique Australian wildlife is being devastated by drought, bushfires and floods. It says the damage has been hastened by the average rise of 1.4 degrees Celsius in Australia's land temperature. The Environment Minister said it was a shocking document. Some animals, like the blue-tailed skink, a lizard, only exist in captivity, while the central rock rat and Christmas Island flying fox, a fruit bat, are among mammals considered most at risk of extinction in the next 20 years. Sri Lanka's acting president, Raniel Wickremesinghe, says the country is close to completing a $3 billion deal to bail out the bankrupt country. The island nation's economic crisis has resulted in more than 100 days of anti-government protests that led to the resignation of President Gotabaya Rajapaksha earlier this month. He's since fled the country. So what might this bailout involve and what conditions might be attached? Udishan Jonas is chief strategist at CAL, an investment bank in Sri Lanka. What they have said is that for IMF to give any kind of funding, there are two things that we need to do. First is, from a fiscal reform perspective, we need to increase taxes, clean up on our balance sheet, cut down on our expenses, so that we don't keep on continuing accumulating debt in the long run. And second is, since the debt is unsustainable, what they want us to do is to restructure some of the debt that we have, especially the foreign debt, which means that some of our creditors or foreign creditors will have to take a certain haircut on the on the loans they have lent out to Sri Lanka. So part of it will be returned. So probably might have to take a 20-30% haircut on, on the loans they have given, given Sri Lanka. An Egyptian official responsible for the Cairo metro system has been removed from his post after a scandal over allegedly plagiarised art at one of the network stations. A Russian artist had claimed the murals were a copy of his work. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. A series of murals with stylized images of ancient Egyptian women was recently put up with much fanfare at the Girls' College metro station. A studio run by the celebrated young Egyptian designer Garda Wali was responsible. All seemed well until a Russian artist, Gurgi Kurasov, popped up on Facebook to claim the murals had clearly been copied from his work without his permission. He demanded an official explanation. Egyptian social media lit up almost instantly. The murals were posted side by side with Kurosov's paintings, displaying what seemed undeniable similarities. Within days, the murals were torn down. In finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 205.95. That's 245 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $44 billion. 
In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 137.96 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 1 cent, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 37 cents. To sport, Hong Kong fencer Vivian Kong scored a podium finish at the World Championships in Cairo by winning bronze in the women's epi. The two-time Asian champion defeated former world number one Mara Navaria of Italy to progress. She battled world number three Song Sera for a place in the final but was beaten 14 14 points to nine by the South Korean. It's a second individual world bronze for Kong who last reached the podium in 2019. Hong Kong's men's football team are hoping they can punch above their weight in this year's East Asian Cup, the four-team tournament, which includes China and the five-time champions South Korea, kicks off tonight with the SAR squad up against the host Japan. Hong Kong are making the fourth appearance in the competition. The previous nine games have all ended in defeat. The quarter-final lineup is complete at the Women's European Championship taking place in England. Belgium scored a big win over Italy to reach the last eight for the first time. More from the BBC's Andy Barwell. Belgium are through to the knockout stage for the first time in their history. They finished as runners-up in Group D with a 1-0 win over Italy at Manchester City's Academy Stadium. Belgium will take on Sweden in the last eight on Friday. France finished as Group D winners, making six changes to their lineup. They drew one apiece with Iceland in Rotherham. France faced the Netherlands on Saturday. The other quarter-final matches host nation England against Spain on Wednesday. Germany take on Austria on Thursday. Ethiopia's Gautiotom Gabreselasi has won the Women's Marathon at the World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. The BBC's Ed Harry was watching. Victory here for Ethiopia's Gautiotom Gabriselassi with Judith Career taking silver for Kenya and Israel's Lorna Salpeter the bronze. For winner Gabriselassi, it was only her third marathon. She'd won on debut in Berlin in 2021 and was then third in the Tokyo City Marathon earlier this year. Career had won April's Paris Marathon. Here in Eugene, defending champion Kenya's Ruth Chepengetic helped to force a brutal pace early on but dropped out of the race, approaching halfway with stomach problems. Gabri Selassie's winning time of 2 hours, 18 minutes and 11 seconds is a new championship record. All three medalists ran inside the previous best, which had been set at the 2005 Worlds by Britain's Paula Radcliffe. And the weather, mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers, moderate southerly winds. The outlook, fine and very hot for the rest of this week to early next week. The maximum temperature may reach 35 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. The current temperature at the observatory is 32 degrees with relative humidity of 70%. And the top stories once again. Hong Kong's only delegate to the country's top legislature, Tam Yu Chung, says the anti-China forces referred to yesterday by a senior Beijing official aren't dissidents in general. A green group has urged the government to map out a timetable to regulate disposable utensils and much of Western Europe continues to swelter under an an intense heatwave. Parts of northern Spain have registered temperatures of 43 degrees. The news from RTHK.
on. I can't go on. Gotta keep it together. Now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Cause baby, you make me better. And welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the nineteenth of July, is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. Another jam-packed program for you this afternoon. Thank you very much for tuning in to the One Two Three Show. I'll be right here with you until three o'clock this afternoon. To、uh, start the program, we'll be talking about spiritual growth and development. 
That's right. It's uh, something that we all sort of uh, face sometime in our life, questioning the meaning of life. And so this afternoon, we'll be talking with martial artist Praveen Biswakarma as he talks a little bit more about how martial arts has helped him uh, to grow and develop that spiritual growth and development. And I'm sure there'll be some big questions uh, for us all to ponder about. That'll be in about 10 minutes or so. And we hope to bring you that interview uh, on Facebook Live. Uh, so do join us there. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And after the 2 o'clock news, Andrew Dembina joins in with some global food news. And as usual, I've posted... Uh, some some of the pictures uh, that they look quite yummy actually uh, some of the pictures that Andrew will be talking about so hop onto Facebook 